Welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. There have been many players in, in baseball history that have switched positions in order to make, make it in Major League Baseball. Um, and and there, a, lot of this, a lot of stories about players that before they got to the Major Leagues switched positions. We hear about Kenley Jansen of the Dodgers was a catcher. And if you watch the guy pitch, he kind of has a catcher's, you know, He, he kind of throws it like he, a catcher. From his ear, you know, uh, he throws it. So uh, Stan Musel uh, famously ran into the fence, um, you know, and he was a pitcher, but he's playing the outfield, ran into the fence and hurt his shoulder. And they, they, the guy gets at the bat and he goes, what does he do? Well, he's a pitcher. And they watched him hit and he goes, that man's not a pitcher. That man's a hitter. And so he didn't pitch anymore after he hurt his shoulder. Mark McGuire was a pitcher at USC. And it's not surprising that a lot of the best players, especially, you know, as they came up through the system, were pitchers because generally the best hitter on your team is going to, when you're growing up and you're playing, you know, youth baseball, the best pitch hitter on your team is probably going to be the best player. You know that kid in your little league team. Yeah, who was just like, <laughs> he was better than everybody else, right. so he did all the pitching and he was the best hitter. Like, there's always one. And and I didn't know that Ted Williams even pitched as late as minor league baseball, which is, you know, hard to believe. There goes the greatest hitter I ever saw. Um, and so what we wanted to do is look at players that had a significant time um Pitching and hitting, and and so the first uh, criteria we used was the number number of batters faced. If you're going to be a hitter, right? Well, and you pitch for a while. You know, we have a zillion guys out there, even this season, who you know pitch to a few hitters, and you know you can see how a, somebody over the course of their career could pitch to you know ten or twenty hitters if they're getting in mop I mean, up. Even would... even if you had a guy that came in and once a season over the course of fifteen years pitched in some throwaway blowout game, right? He could rack up 60, 70 batters over the course of his career, but you would never think of him as a pitcher. But, you know, most people think, uh, and obviously Shohei Otani um, is rewriting the, uh, you know, the whole Well, that's what makes Otani so record interesting. Book. He's actually doing it. Right, He's right. actually being a pitcher and a hitter. At this, right. It's at, at simultaneous. Because a lot of these guys, when we talk about Babe Ruth, when he came up, right, he's probably the most famous early guy that we can remember, right? He came up as a pitcher, has the all-time World Series record for, you know, ERA. Uh, and But, you know, it did face 4,896 hitters. That's, you know, significant. You didn't accidentally face those guys. You were a pitcher. So, and, 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 but the all time leader is another guy who's an almost guy. Uh, and you probably haven't heard of him because he pitched, be, he started pitching before 1900. A guy named Kid Gleason, which is a pretty cool name. It is um, a cool name. Never heard of him. So he, he had 10,000 plus batters face. He has the most all time, 10,600 or so. It's a lot of batters. Right. He had 8,200 plate appearances. So think about, again, at this time, players you were, you were, did this. You were going to play both ways. You weren't just a pitcher. It wasn't that unusual for a guy to do that. And the, But the further along you go, you get to Babe Ruth's time. He was somewhat unusual. Another Hall of Famer at the time, uh, Sam Rice, um, you know, pitched his first two years in the major leagues in 1915 and 16 before he went on to have a Hall of Fame career with the Reds as an outfielder. So you, you would expect to find a lot more of these guys in sort of what we would refer to as like classic or like historical baseball, where like it was a lot more common to have these guys that sort of operate, operated as full two-way players, where 
Otani is the first guy to op- operate as a full two-way player in like 50 plus years. Right, right, right. I, I, and you go back to guys like Babe Ruth and who, who was the last guy who significantly did that. Um, uh, Lefty O'Doul, um, and, and I'll always finally remember going to Lefty O'Doul's uh, bar in San Francisco um, and a testament to his baseball career with all kinds of cool baseball stuff around. Lefty O'Doul has a lifetime average of 349. But he did pitch to 372 major league hitters. And to give you any context, a pitcher in, in, in an average game might pitch to 30. To, uh, if he pitches in the old days, you'd pitch almost the whole game uh, a lot of the time. So 30 batters maybe. So he, you know, 10 plus starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and so, if he was a reliever, he wouldn't have been in as much. So he, he floundered, though, as a pitcher. And he took five years off. He comes back off at age 31 as an outfielder. And he hits 349, the fourth highest career average of all time. Should've not a, a Hall of Famer. Should have just been a hitter. Would have got there sooner. He wouldn't be an almost guy, and that's yep. really where he is. And here's a guy who probably, you know, could be another one, a guy included in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, how about a guy named Rube Bressler? Which um, again, you want to stay in the game? Did you so. say Rube? Rube. Oh man, his parents must have been angry. <laughs> that was a name a, a lot of Nets had a coach named Rube Walker back in '69. So Rube was a name. It wasn't meant you, you're a bumpkin necessarily. It wasn't in the same context. Uh, but he had a good rookie season for the A's in 1914, the Philadelphia A's, uh, and he just kept getting hurt. So he went out and he goes he, and he finally says, um, "Yeah, well, I tried hitting. Why not? Other guys could hit. Why not me?" He played 12 seasons, hit 301 for his career, and had a, had a really nice career uh, war of 20.3, but not enough to get you in, you know, into Cooperstown. That's for it's sure. just interesting that he was a good enough like like it makes sense though that they you had these guys that they were the best player at the time less because they were the best at a baseball player. Well, he's probably just the best athlete. Yeah, and 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 just trying to find a way to be a professional baseball player, I think, is what it is more than yeah. I just, you know, whatever it takes. You got to have that drive to want to go through with it, especially back when the, he was doing it. Um, and, and so there aren't, you know, Smokey Joe Wood, right, if you, if you ever watched uh, Eight Men Out, uh, you know, he's one of the guys that, not Eight, well, eight Men Out, and uh, Field of Dreams, he comes out of the cornfield, he's, yeah, uh, the, the whole thing. Um, he was the, uh, called the Rick and Keel, which we'll talk about, I'll let you talk about Rick and Keel, of his time. Uh, he went 34 and 5 for the World Series Red Sox in 1912. So, okay. 34 and 5? Right now, that feels like that's a bit of an insult to call him the Rick and Keel, historical <laughs> Rick and Keel, because Rick and Keel was never that good. I, I think that's true. And, 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 but his arm, like like in the case of uh, Rube Bressler, he gets hurt, uh, and so then he becomes an outfielder with Cleveland, and he plays five seasons in in the field, uh, and he hit two ninety seven uh, for his career. He had fifty six hundred fifty three batters faced and twenty two hundred eighty two plate appearances. So that's impressive to me because that means he was clearly used as a player that did a lot of both, like more so than um the other guy that we just talked about. Um, wrestler no O'Doul oh lefty O'Doul because he only faced like 300 batters that's fair that's like fair five fifty six hundred batters you were a pitcher yeah 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 D- big difference there um so why don't you talk about um the famed Rick Ankeel who's most people's modern day you know oh yeah guy did both things well I remember when Rick Ankeel came up I think it was in 99 where he was a phenom rookie for the Cardinals, really good his first year, really good his second year. And I remember in the 01 playoffs, 
Rick Ankeel forgot how to throw a baseball that was really anywhere weird. in the vicinity of the plate. That was and if, if you've never seen it, you need to go back and watch it because I've never seen a pitcher get a case of the yips like this. Where like the only thing that I can think of that it was comparable to was something else that was happening around the same time with Knobloch's inability to throw the ball to first place. Chuck Knobloch was the Yankee second baseman and both him and Ankeel, all of, it was like they forgot how to throw. Ankeel would throw the ball five feet over the catcher's head to like the left of home plate. And like, I remember his catcher like looking at him like, what is going on? So you're, you're a good Met fan. So if I said Mackie Sasser, what would you, what would you remember anything about that name? No. So Mackie Sasser was a backup catcher for the Mets and he had a problem throwing the ball back to the pitcher. So he would, he would throw it. He would fake it. He'd fake it. He'd fake it. And finally, he realized the best way for him to do was to throw the ball as hard as he could at the pitcher, which didn't throw the pitcher very much. But at least he could get it to the guy without throwing it into center That's field. Guys, like my shortstop in high school who just would <laughs> drill the ball back at you as hard as he can from when you're getting it like thrown around after a strikeout. You're like, dude, I'm trying to focus on the next batter, not defend myself for my life. You do not need to uncork a hot one. Another guy who had an arm that was good enough to be a pitcher's arm was Sean Dunstan, when we, and, and he played for the Cubs. And Mark Grace is first baseman would scream at him because Dunstan would peg the ball as hard as he could the first base stop doing that it's annoying is like <laughs> let me just tell you if there is anybody out here that has like young kids in baseball I understand the idea of like throw it as hard as you can every single time but when your second baseman is fielding a soft ground ball and you as the pitcher are running over to cover first base you don't need him showing off his arm strength on a 10-foot throw adds a little bit layer of nervousness to it just you know get it there nice and accurate so so and keel as you're talking about in that playoff you know he went all nuclear loose because he started throwing balls into the backstop on the fly on the fly that's the thing <laughs> bouncing ball like completely lost it never regained it again right right and so you feel well that's going to be the end of this guy and i and maybe you knew he was a pretty good hitting pitcher he was a pretty good hitting but nobody thought he would actually turn himself into a serviceable outfielder who i believe led the league in assists from the outfield that would make point. sense right he had a cannon obviously <laughs> but he had like 20 plus homers in a season one year so you know he he had for his career a uh, thousand thirty nine batters faced all in those early years of his career because he never took the mound again and he had 2100 plate appearances that's just really impressive to make that switch and do it i, I you can't think of too in many the guys. modern era yes that's what so you have to remember and keel's doing that in an era where he faces relief pitchers and we've already kind of explained how that does make a difference Right, right, right. So um, other guys, you know, you might have remembered Jason Lane. I remember the name when I saw that, and I, I knew he did a little pitching, uh, and it turned out that he, you know, was not a very good pitcher, um, but he has he had a spot start uh, for, oddly enough, Ian Kennedy, who is pitching for the Phillies now as their closer, um, and he's, he went six innings, allowed only one run, and then never played as a pitcher again. No, he got three games. Oh, three games, right. He right. got three, but, but it's just interesting that he was good enough. He must have pitched recently enough before getting to the majors because it's like we see position players go up on the mound sometimes and it is baffling to me that sometimes they're like oh yes and this guy was a former pitcher in college and then you watch his motion and you're like no he wasn't that man looks like he has no idea how to throw a pitch (laughs) (laughs) so red sox fans might remember johnny o'brien i did not know anything about this guy uh and he played in the mid 50s uh second baseman shortstop and he converted to pitcher after his field play now that's really interesting you don't see a lot of guys that do like 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 a lot of guys do that in the minors right 
the best pitcher in baseball did that. Right, right, right. People don't know that. I mean, the Mets broadcast talk about it all the time, but DeGrom was a shortstop in the minors, and they're like, let's Stetson. Let's try him at college. Let's try him at pitcher. And they're like, oh, he should be a pitcher. So, you know, so Johnny O'Brien doesn't start pitching until he's in his mid 30s. Uh, And I just think that's really interesting. And I think we talked about in the podcast, I remember the Braves had a second baseman named Mark Lemke who played on their playoff teams. And he went back to the minor leagues when his uh, hitting prowess went enough that he couldn't, couldn't do anything to hide the fact that he couldn't hit at all and his, his glove wasn't enough. He started learning a knuckleball to try to make it back to the major leagues. I think he got as far as AAA. I think the problem is if you're at the point where you're learning a knuckleball, you've kind of already admitted defeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we should we should do – we haven't done an episode on the, knuck- on the knuckleball I think, I think itself. You, an episode in the history of the yeah, knuckleball yeah, could yeah. be interesting. Because there, I don't know if there's anybody in the major leagues throwing it right now. I think somebody just was trying to uh, – Stephen season. Wright was the only one that was most floating recently. around. But there's usually one somewhere in the majors. But I think an, an, another interesting guy to talk about before I think we should probably finish up with Otani in some respects at some point because talking about what he's doing. But an interesting guy to me is Michael Lorenzen of the Reds because okay. he was a modern guy who was a pitcher. He's still playing. He's still pe- he's still pitching. But they try to give him some at-bats, and it's tough to tell whether it was like the same way the other day they had a pitcher do pinch hitting for somebody. Yes, yes. It was just recently they were sending up a pitcher to do pinch hitting, and he got like a double. Was yes. it Freed? Uh, it, yes, it was. It was Max Freed. Yeah. Because he's just the guy can actually hit. So with with Lorenzen, I'm like, he has 53 career. In in 2019, he got 53 plate appearances. Was this just like a, he's actually the best bat we have left on the bench? He's not pinch hitting 53 times, I don't think. So, But I don't know that he played the field either. So my guess is that between pitching pitching and and, and occasionally pinch hitting, but he had seven home runs in those 53 plate appearances. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's kind of between. He's still, I think, thought of it. He actually has some saves to his credit as well. 11 saves in his career and 22 wins, and he's got home runs. So that's kind of an interesting Interesting, Yeah, Not not, not a lot of guys will have all three of those things. So a Hall of Famer that I, I love talking about this guy, and I think I've mentioned him before because he had the all-time season record for hits in a season before Ichiro uh, broke oh, okay. it. George Sisler. Is George Sisler. Um, and he, he uh, somehow, I had no idea, he pitched to 453 major league hitters. Okay, so that's like, okay, and, and he didn't pitch, didn't start games, I think because it was a relief pitcher. And, you know, he played at a time where, well, we said this before, where guys did that, but he had 9,000 uh, plate appearances, 2,800 hits, and he pitched to 453 hitters. This is a The only thing I can think is probably more stat. common back then when a guy like George Sisu was playing to, you know, show up at the ballpark and have the manager go, whoops, pitcher can't go today. We need somebody to pitch. <laughs> right, right. That could actually happen back then because you might only have like two pitchers on your staff. Right, right. And, and and the later it goes, the less likely this was to happen. Less likely that a random position player is going to get forced into actually having to pitch. So for Yankee fans, we'll throw out Johnny Lindell. Uh, and again, another guy I barely knew. So he played from 1941 to 54, had 3,123 plate appearances. That's, that's a Not, career. That's a meaningful number. And 1,141 batters faced. So now we got a guy with over 1,000 batters and did most of his pitching also at the end of his career. So... Doesn't doesn't pitch, and then the last two years of his career, 
He, he does almost all of his pitching, uh, and they bring him Which back. Is impressive that he could face that many batters, right? So in two seasons, he must have been pitching a little bit throughout the rest of his career. No, it was, I think it was almost exclusively in those two years. I'm just impressed that he could face 1,100 right, batters in right. two seasons. Right. Well, he, he pitched. He was ex, he was exclusively a pitcher and was not really doing very much hitting at that point. He must have been pitching a lot. That's all I'm saying. So, but the weird thing is, right? So he pitches in those two seasons, 53 and 54, at the end of his career, um, and then he comes back um, and in 54, and he has seven pinch hit appearances. So they're not going to play him in the field, but he's still a good enough hitter to pinch hit, uh, even though he's primarily pitching. It almost sounds like a uh, the start of a retirement tour that that, that they ended. They're like, oh, you know what, you're doing it. Let me give him a couple extra. And it's not like the Yankees weren't good during this period. They no, were, they were. They, they were a good team. So uh, kind of interesting that um, you know he he, he did that. Um, and I guess the last guy we'll throw out there is a guy who played for a bunch of teams, including the Yankees and the Senators and the Red Sox, a guy named Ben Chapman. Never heard of him. Never, I, me neither. He played 17 years in the major leagues, career 302 hitter. And again, he only pitched in the last three years of his career. But this is what I'm saying. So this is why I think um, Johnny Lindell had to be pitching before 53 is because Chapman was pitching in 44, 45, and 46, and he only faced 642 batters in those three seasons. Whereas Lindell, as far as I can tell, only pitched in 53 but faced 1,100 batters? I don't think that's possible. He pitched a little before that. I didn't think he had pitched very much. Yeah, Maybe yeah, you're no, right. We should go back and check that. Should, but I think what it's more is that he became a full-time pitcher in that 53 season. Right, right, right. That's what he was. And and, and much the same as, uh, as Ben Chapman, who, you know, has a – pretty nice career with a career a war of 42.302 hitter yeah so you know i guess he'd be an almost guy in our book because you'd have to look at it going does it make a guy more interesting as a hall yes. of fame can't yeah i think so too i think so too i think you have to look at guys like that going that's kind of special uh and it wasn't probably thought of nearly as much as like otani you know okay he's got 559 batters face through you know through right now if he just pitches for another two or three years and then becomes exclusively a hitter I think that puts him in. If he has a pretty good hitting career, he's he, done something that nobody's doing. Few, right, that, I right. think that's the thing. That's what makes Otani so special is that he is being good at both, and he's doing so. Wouldn't it be cool if Otani did that? And so he didn't pitch for a bunch of years, and he hit. And, and then, then he's thirty-five years old, going, "Well, I can't really hit anymore. I'll go back to pitching." <laughs> and he's this crafty <laughs> older pitcher, exactly. <laughs> never lost it. That'd be great. It'd be <laughs> amazing. That, that's what movies are made of. Yeah, yeah. That he still has it in him that he's just that good a player. I really like that you feel like, like I do. That it makes a player more interesting than Kent. And some of the, you know, because when you do career war, I, I don't know if you throw pitching war on top of hitting war that's the fun part about it though nobody knows because there's only really one guy we've ever had to consider it for right, right. in recent recent years certainly since you know. in general really ruth is the only guy you have to put a lot of consideration into how they're pitching war and batting war i'll have, have to, to go and check the records and see if ruth's career crazy high war includes his pitching war on top of his hitting war or if it's just one or somebody the out there could probably answer that for us too be that hard for us and sort of like on another note, now that we're kind of coming down to the end of the Olympics here, we, we thought it would be appropriate considering we did mention the Olympics briefly in a previous episode to just talk about the end of the baseball because we will not be seeing it in 2024. Right, right. The, 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 the Olympics, uh, Japan, since they're the host nation, wanted both softball and baseball in the Olympics. And, and you know, in, in baseball, the men have not traditionally done very well in the olympics you know per se granted this is in part because unlike a lot of the other like well one we don't play football in the (laughs) olympics but i don't think anybody really needs to see that um 
but in basketball and hockey, those two sports basically let their players go and play just because of the timing and the importance of it. Baseball, none of the major leaguer and Shohei Otani didn't go play for Japan. No, none no. of the American players went and go play. Nobody went and go played for their country. So you're not really getting necessarily the same representation that you get in some of the other sports. Uh, I was advocating that I think women's softball, and by the way, I'm a fan of, of, of softball. I watched a lot of the NCAA uh, softball tournament this year, and it's really interesting and exciting to watch because the best players, ostensibly, because there's not a women's really, you know, they big, all big professional league. The best players play softball, both at the Olympics, and, and it means everything, and, and the United States, you know, feels one of the strongest teams, did not win the gold medal um, in, in the Olympics here. Uh, and the men, um, surprisingly, with a bunch of guys, uh, Todd Frazier and a bunch of guys you probably haven't heard of, Tyler Austin mm. uh, and, and, and folks like that, got all the way to the gold medal game against the host nation Japan. And, and then they went all Mets on <laughs> on our nation. It's called not getting any hits, <laughs> leaving a bunch of guys on base, and not scoring. A one nothing game. It was two. You, it, uh, it was... They finished two nothing. They got another. Run they got another game in the run in the in the eighth inning. You're right, um, and and great for Japan, right? That's it, the first gold medal Japan has won in baseball, and they did it unfortunately in front of you know Not, very few fans. But it, I'm sure knowing how important baseball is there, I'm sure that was a huge and to have that happening the same year Otani's going crazy in the majors. That's such a boost to Japanese baseball. And and American fans really missed out on on actually had those stands been full of fans with Japan winning the gold medal the the way they chant the way they cheer the way they root for their teams in japan and their players the, the fan been so fun the fan experience in japan and korea in terms of even like in terms of the audience participation is so much better than what we have in america like the best thing i could think about the american fans recently uh, was uh, when the dodger fans were mercilessly doing the wave while there was some batter from the other team lying on the ground <laughs> with an injury you just see you see the guy like lying on the ground after he gets hurt and then you just see the dodgers and the fans in the background doing the wave without a care of the world so so that brings up really a question and particularly regarding baseball right you talked about basketball which is not during its season and I mean, you, and you, the chris uh, middleton and drew holiday showed up halfway through but that was about it uh, well they showed up halfway through and they made the difference becoming some of very few players right. to win the nba, NBA title champions, right it's, it's, there's only six of them and two of them are teammates yeah it reminded me of uh, kenny morrow winning the uh, stanley cup after he had won uh, the olympic gold medal um in in, in 1980 um and so you know the the basketball isn't played during season hockey is played uh the winter olympics during the hockey season they actually take a break uh, for the Olympics, because the players want to play. When we have the World Baseball Classic uh, in baseball, um, which is, I don't know how well it's received, but it's interesting, and it happens in March most of the time before the season at the beginning of spring training. What about, here's my here's my question to you, what about the Olympics not playing the baseball Olympics during the Olympics and playing it after the season or at another time when more of the players could actually participate and make it a more interesting tournament. Baseball needs to pick. And what I mean by that is, so in soccer, football, for most of the rest of the world and not America, winning the Olympic gold medal is a big deal. But it's, it's not, not the World Cup. It's not the World Cup. <laughs> and so when the World Cup comes around every four years, all the soccer. Everything stops. Everything stops. All soccer across the world stops. Baseball kind of wants to have it both ways where they're like, oh, we're going to put the World Baseball Classic before the season, which just makes all the fans of the major league teams go, 
I don't like this. I don't want my very important player to get hurt before the season in what they deem as a meaningless game because not everybody participates. So I think if baseball really wants to do, if, if baseball is no longer going to be part of the Olympics, every four years, you shut down during July and you do the World Baseball Classic. You want to make it into an event like the World Cup. You want people to treat your big world because like right now the baseball World Baseball Classic is a, sli- a sideshow at best. People don't take it that seriously because players can just opt out. Well, and, and, and doing it in March, right, I always think about the pitchers, right? I remember Seth Lugo uh, pitched really well for Puerto Rico in the, in the World Baseball Class. That sort of set him on the course of being a, a, a major league pitcher of note when people thought, saw what he did in the World Baseball Classic. But if it's in the middle of the season, are you really going to th- throw Otani or DeGrom out there in the middle of July well, the, in a the, tournament the that doesn't is, help your team win the World the question Series? Is, the clubs might not. But do the players want to? What do the players – what will the players care more about? Because, see, the reason I think it works in hockey is because hockey is such an international sport already. Everybody is – there's so many people playing – So why sport. are hockey players willing to risk injury during the season because and the baseball country, players not? Because the country pride matters so much more because the league makeup is a lot more diverse. So – You've got a lot more people playing hockey professionally in the NHL from all over the world, whereas it's less diverse in baseball. So that so proving yourself in baseball is still more important than proving your country in baseball, I think. Uh, you might have a point. I, I, I like the idea of taking every four years and finding a time to play the World Baseball Classic. And you know what? So if you're going to throw your better pitchers or your best pitchers out there, maybe they're going to only pitch one or two or three innings in these, in these I, games. I mean, That's OK. You let's put it to- this way. All those soccer gut players or all those football players are going out and risking injury during the World Cup. I don't hear any fan going, well, what happens if Messi gets injured and he can't play for Real Madrid or whoever he's playing for? Nobody cares about that. Right. World if, Cup supersedes that. If you're the Brooklyn Nets and you're watching Kevin Durant go nuts in the Olympics, you think, gee, that's great. Please don't get hurt. The only thing <laughs> I could think watching Kevin Durant in the Olympics is, wow, this is the Olympics filled with some of the best basketball players from across the the NBA. And Kevin Durant is unquestionably the best one out of all of them. Yeah, all the other guys look back and go, wow, he does things that I just can't imagine. watch him. It is incredible how good he is. It'll be harder to do that in baseball, right? To have that kind of dominance. To just be like so much noticeably better than your peers. And watching KD, you get that. You're like, it looks so easy for him. It would be like Otani going into the World Baseball Classic and hitting 11 home runs. In Batting the, in, 450 in, 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 and throwing three complete game yeah, shutouts. Exactly. And you're just that, like, that he's just on a different plane. Yeah, so. Which um, maybe he is. I, I, you know, I, I would like to see women's softball actually be a permanent part of the Olympics. Because I think there's value in that because way in above. That, I think because what you see in women's Olympics is that's your chance to strut your stuff. Because the World Series title has so much more importance than the Olympic gold medal or the world baseball classic players don't value it but if you make it into more of a, it now it might not happen the first year the first year you do that mid-season world baseball classic you might not get the reception you want but you don't have a hundred plus years of history doing it that way like the world cup does but you keep doing it people will treat it that way and and now last point on this so uh, the, the softball there are two-way players right because the pitchers often hit in college and softball they're often they're some and, of the and best they're players really, really the good so you get to see two-way players there in a way that you don't at the major league yeah level. and if we tried to track softball pitchers and play to p- p- batters everybody space, everybody because they also pitch to literally every batter so we have a every game yeah thanks for listening subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and you can follow us on twitter at almost cool.